You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Hey everybody, good evening and welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for being with us tonight. A big night for Raider Nation, of course, earlier this afternoon. New general manager Tom Telesco and new permanent head coach Antonio Pierce had their press conference. So it's all official. The work now begins. Appreciate you being back with me here. I am Scott Branson. Mo Moten is on assignment, was supposed to be with us, but the Jim Harbaugh hiring. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh hired by the Los Angeles Chargers tonight to be their head coach, their new head coach. So Mo's off doing that. So you got me tonight. We got a couple things coming up. We're going to hear from Tom Telesco. We're going to hear from Antonio Pierce from the press conference today. We're going to go through that a little bit here uh, as we move along throughout the show. The other thing we're going to do as well is talk about Tom Telesco's history uh, with the Chargers. 11 years. So he's 11 years. We've got a lot of record to go by and not just the team's record on the field, of course, which you know this history there, only two playoff wins in those 11 years, one division title. So you look at that, but we're going to go through that in the second segment. In the third segment, it's all about you. Yes, our Raider Nation mailbag. We got voicemails. We got emails. So we will get to that in the third segment uh, tonight on this special live edition. If you're not listening to us or watching us live, and I will be chatting with you guys a lot tonight too as you guys come into the chat. Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. MDM, thanks for being there. 
uh, as well. And uh, a lot of folks in the chat already. Carlos and Fuego's there, a bunch of folks. We're going to get to that too, and we will have a great conversation. Uh, and we will have the mailbag, which is always fun. We love doing the mailbag here at Silver and Black today. But you look at what happened today. So we, we heard from the new leadership as well uh, from the Raiders, and that included Tom Telesco, of course, a surprise, his hiring. Well, some of you pushed back on me and said, well, Scott, it's not a surprise. He had two interviews. Yes, I know. But remember, for the last two weeks, what we have said, Daniel Salas, hello, man. Be, be careful on your commute. Uh, but what we heard for the last two weeks was it was going to be Ed Dodds or Champ Kelly, or maybe even our show that you saw on Tuesday, yesterday, Mo and I, which rec we recorded it on Monday, um, that was the, the conventional thinking. We might even get both of them. We might see Ed Dodds and Champ Kelly in the same front office. Well, guess what? Curveball, Mark Davis throws, and he goes with a experienced general manager. I say experienced as far as being a head GM, as uh, Tom Telesco has said. And he'll talk about that in his press conference in the clip we play for you. But the idea there was that's why it was a surprise. Wasn't a surprise that he was interviewing. It was a surprise that they chose him after the candidates they brought in as well. So uh, that is the thing that you have to see is, is the fact that it was different. And you can understand it, right? And we'll talk about this as we move along. You can understand it. Antonio Pierce, a first-time head coach. And, and that's not unusual in the NFL anymore, right? So, and I go back to when this whole coaching, once, once Pierce got through the end of the season, both Mo and I advocated, well, if you can hire a Jim Harbaugh, you hire him. Or, but it turns out maybe Jim Harbaugh wasn't interested in the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders weren't interested in him. But our thought all along was you talk to as many people as you can. Doesn't mean Antonio Pierce didn't do a good job. Doesn't mean Antonio Pierce doesn't get a shot. And certainly that's what happened. We know about the players wanted Antonio Pierce. A lot of folks wanted, hey, Raider Worm, good to see you, man. Um, that that alone is good. And we'll get into that a little bit because I'm, I'm not moving off that. I still think the Raiders missed an opportunity. Not that they could have or should have selected another coach. We've always said, man, if you can hire Harbaugh, get him. If you can't, Antonio Pierce, I would go with him. And sure enough, that's what they did. But they didn't bring anybody in. You look at uh, the, the, the amount of head coaching interviews with other franchises. The Chargers, yes, they wanted Harbaugh along. But they interviewed, I think, 13 or 14 candidates. The Atlanta Falcons have interviewed a bunch too. It's, I think, above 11 same with Washington, a lot of these teams, and not because you necessarily are going to hire them, but because you get a chance to kind of pick brains and get to understand who people are. But the Raiders had their mind made up. Mark Davis said he was going to have an open mind. It turns out he didn't because he was convinced, I guess. He was convinced at Antonio Pierce. He was convinced by the players and others in the organization, apparently, that Antonio Pierce was the right guy. So Antonio Pierce is the coach. We'll get to his words as well because we want to hear from Coach Pierce and see how that goes down. How it all ends up, we don't know. But that that could be the case. If you hired Ed Dodds and Jim Harbaugh, you don't know what's going to happen. You have a better record to go off of because Jim Harbaugh has been a coach at both levels and had success at both levels. Antonio Pierce has not had that as a head coach. So that's the unknown. That's it. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. We'll have to see how it all goes down. Uh, but we want to get into that as well uh, and, and talk about some of these things we saw, including hearing from these guys. Also in the second segment, I, I talked with Dallas Robinson from Pro Football Network. Dallas Robinson is an NFL writer there, and he wrote a piece about the hiring of Tom Telesco. 
he was not very um, complimentary. I'll put it that way. And we'll get to him. I have a part of an interview I did with him for sportsnot.com where you can catch my work uh, both as a video host and as an NFL writer. And again, both positions here. I think for the vast majority of Raider fans, not all of you, vast majority of Raider fans are happy with both hires. I would say more are happy with the Pierce hiring. It's a little more mixed on the GM hiring, but I think most of you from the feedback I've gotten and seen online uh, are excited that that he's gotten good players in the past. And we'll delve into that too. How well has he done in the draft? The Raiders have had horrible drafts, as you know. And so we're going to go into that a little bit and, and, and explore a little bit of his record, not to negate him, but to just put it out on the table and talk about what he's done and what he hasn't done. You know some of the players he has drafted in the first round especially. We'll talk about that as well. And then again, third segment, we're going to get into your mail. So stick with me. Thanks for being with me. By the way, if you don't already subscribe to the audio podcast, please do so. We are an Odyssey Sports original. You can find us wherever you get your audio and just hit subscribe and put on the auto download for us. That way you get the show every time we push a new uh, episode. Guess what? It's there on your phone for your commute, wherever it is uh, that you're going or if you're listening at home. Doesn't matter. You'll be able to do that. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for your subscription, your thumbs up. And don't forget to hit the, hit the notifications bell. If you hit the notifications bell, that way you'll know every time we're live or have a premiered video or have a new video, you'll be the first to know. So we appreciate that well. Also, hello to everybody watching, whether you're watching on Instagram, whether you're watching on X slash Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, we appreciate you guys being with us and uh, we will get into it. All right, so let's let's start. I wanna start first. Uh, when they introduced both Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce today, um, they, they spoke in order with, with Tom Telesco as the GM going first. Mark Davis introduced them. I'm sparing you that part of it. And, and we'll cut right to Tom Telesco and his introduction today in Henderson on Raiders Way. Here is Tom Telesco. Thank you. Hey, thanks everybody for coming, uh, media and employees. Um, so first I just want to say, you know, thank you to Mark Davis. Um, this is such an iconic franchise with a storied history, and obviously it all starts with the legacy of Al Davis. So I couldn't be more excited to be here, um, but also realize like there's a tremendous responsibility with this job. So um, the fact that um, Mark and the whole leadership team is trusting me with this, um, I couldn't be, be more happy to be, be a part of this. So um, the uh, last couple of weeks, I've had a chance to you know, meet a lot of the leadership team as we went through the interview process. Um, you know, they like to say, obviously, Mark was the, the leader of that, that process, but um, Sandra Morgan and uh, Larry Delson, uh, Richard Seymour, who's, who's right here, um, Kenny Harrock, who's, who's a legend in our business, and, uh, and Tom Delaney. So it was a great process. It was fun to go through. And I can kind of tell from the first interview, like, there was a connection and a fit. And I think that's really important in this league um, to feel that. And I felt that at the, the first time through. So... Um, and when I came back the second time, when Antonio was in there, I kind of felt that same thing. So um, it's so important to me and, and my family to be a part of the right fit in this league. And there's no doubt this is it. And um, again, just really thankful that they saw the same thing in me. They saw that same fit um, and that same culture fit. So, um, and the other thing I'll say is, you know, I haven't been here long, um, but when you talk about the, the Raider way or the, the Raider tenants of, Commitment to excellence, just win, baby. Once a Raider, always a Raider. 
I mean, I've heard of it, I know of it, I've seen it, uh, but when you walk in this building, I mean, you can feel it. And I haven't been here long, but there is no doubt. I mean, first of all, you see it tangibly. I mean, this football facility is jaw-dropping for me. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. The resources are amazing here. That's a credit to, to Mark Davis and what he's put into this team. But you see that right off the bat. Um, but, you know, the second part is, and the Raiders are known for this as far as how they treat their alumni, how they treat their former players, how they treat the families. And it is something that other NFL teams and really all professional sports teams, they try and duplicate what they do here, but nobody does it like the Raiders. And you can feel that in this building. You can feel it from the employees. Like last night, uh, you know, 6 o'clock at night, uh, my wife gets a call from, from Ainsley Moore, who works in football operations, and she kind of gave my wife a rundown of what's going to go on today, what's going to go on in the future. Um, and she, would just, she was so nice, so detailed, so organized. My wife gets off the phone. She's like, wow, these, you know, they, they've got it there. Like, they know how it works. And that's important. Um, you know, to win a championship is more than just, you know, the head coach and general manager. It takes everybody. Um, so to see someone like that right off the bat know, hey, look, this is how you treat people, and this is how organized and detailed we're going to be, um, it's just a great example for the whole organization. Um, and then lastly, um, you know, I'm really excited to partner with AP right here. Um, you know, you can tell in the interview, right, it was really my interview, um, but you could tell, like, he has that leadership trait that a head coach has to have. And it's really, to me, it feels more like, you know, not so much follow me, but join me, which I like in football, because um, he's right in it with, with the rest of us. Um, and I think, you know, the, your football team takes on the identity of your head coach. And that's what we're going to have here. That's what we're going to build around. Um, I'm excited to start this partnership and uh, couldn't be more excited to, to be a Raider. So I'll leave it with that and I'll pass it over to our new head coach. All right, there you go. Tom Telesco, his opening comments, of course, you know, nothing. I'm sure there's things that you guys want to know about what he's going to do. Of course, he's not going to tell us a lot of that. They got to get ready for the draft coming up here. Combine coming up in February, last week of February after the Super Bowl. And then you go right into the draft. You only got, uh, you know, about six, seven weeks between that and the draft. So a lot of work to do there. But Tom Telesco talking about that and, of course, referring to Antonio Pierce and a partnership which is what you want to hear. And after the last experience that you all had and the Raiders had with, of course, the folks, uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, shh, um, then, you know, you, you hear that and, and you wonder, you know, what's the relationship going to be like? Well, they'll figure it out. Clearly different situation here. Coach hired before the general manager. I wouldn't read too much into it. I've had a lot of folks say to me, well, does that mean there, this, that? I don't think so. I think you find you find a working relationship. There has to be a good working relationship between GM and coach. There's been lots of examples in the NFL where that goes wrong, and uh, one of them ends up leaving, right? A coach or a GM, depending who's kind of got the upper hand. We saw that with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco, right? That's the reason he left in San Francisco and went back to college to coach Michigan. So you get that, you understand it, and you're like, okay, fine. So nothing spectacular there from Tom Telesco, uh, but we'll hear, I'm sure, more from him as time goes on and the philosophy and we sort of we like i said at the opening of the show we have a sense for how he works what he does especially when it comes to the the nfl draft but there's a lot of work to do for the raiders look they're not that far away mo and i said it the other night look the raiders won eight games they they, they won five of their final nine to get to eight wins so expectations for next year, if they go get their quarterback, if they improve the offensive line, 
and improve the defensive line a little bit and get another cornerback, then guess what? Then suddenly, is it is it crazy to think that this team can't make the playoffs? Anymore? No, not at all. I don't think this is a situation like you have in Carolina, of course, where it's a complete rebuild, or even in Washington, where they got a lot of holes and a lot of things going on. The Raiders roster, uh, to be positive about it, uh, isn't as far away as some others are. Shield 60, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you that, that they do have work to do. And so clearly, that's the purview of Tom Telesco as the GM. But GMs, and this was interesting. A lot of you were saying, well, oh, it's great to hear the, the, the new GM talk about, well, he needs to, to the coach has to have input because the coach's vision was, that's normal. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be one has more power than the other. It should be the fact that they have the opportunity to work together. So Tom Telesco says, hey, you go hire whoever the OC is. That's another big question we'll deal with over the next week or two, hopefully. But whoever that is, what system are you running? What defense are you running? What do you need? And then Tom Telesco is able to go find those guys, right? Hopefully that's the, the way it goes, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency. So so that's how it goes. That's how it's going to work. And how they work together, they'll, they'll develop it. I mean, they have not done it yet. They've only met in an interview process. So now the hard work begins. And even Mark Davis said that at the press conference. He said something to the effect of, all right, they're going to answer your questions today, and then they got to get out of here because they don't have time for you anymore. They got to go to work. So uh, hearing that from your boss is not unusual. And uh, the Raiders want to win, right? They want to get back to it. And I think that the, the, the goal is always to win games. And as we get into the comments of Antonio Pierce, and I'm not going to play you all of his statements, uh, but I am going to give you, I think, a core of what he said, because I think it's important and you get a sense for him. Not different from what you've heard from Antonio Pierce since he took over as interim, but now that he's the man, uh, he's in charge and he's responsible. He's responsible for it all. Uh, he's going to build his staff and that staff is going to be his responsibility. If the offense fails, it's on him. If the defense fails, it's on him. Special teams fails, it's on him. All that stuff is now completely Antonio Pierce's responsibility, and he knows that, and he accepts that and relishes that. So let's get to Coach Pierce and his comments from today at the press conference. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Mark Davis, Sandra. Richard, Tom, Larry, Ken, uh, the Raiders organization, um, our coaches, our players. I said at the very beginning when I had an opportunity to speak in front of everybody the first time on November 1st, I'm humbled, I'm honored, I'm excited. I'm excited. The challenge that this team took on uh, from November 1st on and what they embraced and what they displayed out on the field is hats off to our organization and our coaches and our players for buying in. It wasn't easy. It was something that probably many people didn't think would happen, as you say, overnight. But when you have good people in the building, when you have the belief, you have the trust, you have the accountability, you earn respect, you do it the right way, you buy in, you understand that nobody's bigger than the shield and the patch, and that you play for a lot more than just the name on your back. There's a lot of people that we affect by wins and losses. We understand that, and we don't take it lightly. I like to thank my family here, Jocelyn, my father, Perry, my kids. My uncle in the back came all the way from Bermuda. Bermuda in the house, Piper. Yeah, Bermuda. I right, got the island people in here, too. So um, appreciate everybody being here. Where are we going forward? Tom just hit on it. It's great to partner up. 
I think there's going to be a partnership that we can grow for for many years. Hopefully that comes with a lot of W's and a lot of Raider chants. Our vision is clear. Win a division. Get into the playoffs and host that Lombardi Trophy. That's not a promise. That's our vision. Our philosophy is simple. It's real simple. It's the Raider way. Pride, poise, poise, passionate. A love for the game. And just win. It starts with our DNA. Ill intent. Physicality. Toughness. Speed. Attitude. Full-blown Max Crosby effort. And it goes to our staff with preparation and execution and putting a plan together and executing throughout the week with a smile and a purpose to get a victory on every Sunday that we show up into Allegiant Stadium. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be overnight. I'm not promising anything no, along with Tom, but I do know this. You're going to get the best out of myself and Tom. We're going to exhaust every possible resource an ounce of sweat, tears, and effort, and night, and minute, and second that we have to turn this bad boy into a consistent winning organization that is used to and it, it deserves. All right, there you go. Pretty clear, right? Uh, and I think towards the end there, very important, which is about winning. Yes, you're going to have physicality, ill intent. All that stuff is great, and I know you guys love hearing that. That's the old Raider way that is now uh, back, according to him, and Great. That's good. But again, he mentioned consistent winning, winning the division, getting in the playoffs, hosting, hoisting a, a Lombardi trophy. All good. And I think the important thing there, too, is vision. And yes, things happen. You don't control everything. Uh, and yes, I know some of you would like to go from uh, eight and nine to Super Bowl winners next year. But he was also clear there. Look, can't promise you anything. All we can do is do our best. And I think that effort and that desire and the culture by which uh, he's talking about there and which he wants to create, which he did create towards the end of the season. And obviously the players reacted well to that. That's what he is about. And so you can't but love that piece of Antonio Pierce. Now, the hard part becomes, as he talked about, getting things together, getting the plan. He's got the vision. Vision is important. And I think that him articulating that vision was very, very important. And so you know what it is. He's now set the standard. It's not someone else setting the standard. It's not what was based on before what the standard was. No, he's setting a standard by which the Raiders will play, how they will play, and the result of that should be positive. Now, again, it's great press conferences, especially introductory press conferences. It's all about the love. It's all about the great sound bites. And, and he's authentic. There's no question about that. But the hard work comes in the doing. You have to do it. The Raider franchise has been without a consistent winning culture for a very long time. So it has to get that. It has to start somewhere. And Antonio Pierce is very clear that that's what he wants to build. That's the vision for it. And I think that you have to look at that and say, great. Okay, sounds good. You're saying all the right things, man. We love that. And if I'm a Raider fan, that's how I would feel. I would say, hey, okay, awesome. We're behind you. Let's get at it. So now... What are you going to do in the draft? What are you going to do in free agency? And then once you get on the field, preseason into the regular season, how are you going to prove it out? Because the division is going to get better. We saw today, again, Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers, okay? 
And no matter what you think of Jim Harbaugh, maybe you didn't want him to be the coach of the Raiders, but he gets it done. He turns things around quickly. They already have their franchise quarterback. They have a cap issue. So they're going to, we'll see how they're quickly, they're able to put it together. But the, the urgency, I think the urgency for the Raiders with Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce, it's not a two-year deal. It's not a three-year rebuild. Hey, let's build this team. No, I think they got to win right away. And I think they have the ability to do that with the right moves. And if Antonio Pierce is able to have the right staff and get the players to do what they're able to do. So uh, again, we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> right? We don't know what's going to happen, but there is optimism. I know with every new coach, GM, usually there's optimism. A lot of you were not thrilled with the hiring of Josh McDaniels, and I understand that. Uh, but there was even optimism then. So I think we have to see how it all plays out and the coming months will certainly show that. Uh, and uh, it's it's awesome. I'll see you guys in the chat. Thanks to everybody for being in there. Uh, Bill, Bill Montoya, thanks, man, for coming in. And we'll see how it all happens and goes down. But we're going to get to more of this uh, same stuff. And um, I think, Jesus, you're saying blah, blah, same old talk, Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Sean Payton. Hey, man, they're successful coaches. You, you could not like them. That's cool. You're a fan. I get it. But uh, it's a tough division. I mean, there's you find other divisions with that many coaches who have that much experience, national championship and college level, pl uh, coached in a Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh didn't win it. Of course, he lost to his brother. But then Andy Reid's got two. Sean Payton's got one. So, you know, you can't argue with that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Antonio Pierce can't become that guy either. It's just going to be a tough division. But if the Raiders pull the right triggers and do the right stuff, and number one, starting with a quarterback, as we've told you, uh, then there's nothing saying that they can't uh, do that. They can't overcome that and, and be in the mix always. So, all right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Tom Telesco record. Let's talk about Tom Telesco. Now that he's here, we're going to be able to do that. So for our audio audience, uh, please stick around. We're going to come back right after these words. For our video audience, stay right there. Uh, we are rolling on with Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And for those of you watching us on our live video, this was a live show on Wednesday night. If you're listening to us on Thursday on the podcast, good morning to you. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you being back here and talking about Raider football. Such an eventful week for the Raiders. Lots of change. And everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, most of you from, from my just observing online, those of you I interact with, those of you in the chat uh, on Facebook or in the chat on YouTube, uh, mostly positive. You know, I, I know some of you aren't uh, happy with whether it was the coach hiring or whether it was the GM hiring or both. Nobody's ever going to be, not 100% of people are going to be very happy. Uh, but I know that like here with Silver and Black today, we like an open discussion. People who uh, don't agree with each other one uh, all the time. You guys mix it up in the chat there respectfully. And I appreciate that. And uh, it's always fun to do that. Uh, Mo Moten's off tonight, uh, but he will be back with us for the next show. So uh, thanks to you guys for, for tuning in. Egalitarian207, good to see you, man. Thanks for the salute. We appreciate that. Samuelson, is there any chance to bring back Khalil Mack? I don't think so. Um, I think uh, Khalil Mack's still a good player, but I think the Raiders are focused more on the future. And while they will, I'm sure, sign some free agents. I don't know that Cleo Max in that picture. Okay, so let's get into Tom Telesco. So we've heard a lot about Tom Telesco. We've heard a lot about the good that he's done. We've also heard some of the criticisms. Now, if you look at what the Chargers were able to do in 11 years, you guys know because you tell me every year, uh, okay, the Chargers on paper, every year they get hyped up. They're going to be a Super Bowl team. They're going to do this. We hear it from the national media, all that stuff. And of course, they always crap the bed, right? They do. They just do. They constantly have major injuries. That's a separate story. Raiders have a great training and medical staff. So I don't think Tom Telesco will have that issue in Las Vegas. But if you look at uh, all of this other stuff uh, with what he did there, you know, from, from a way the team performed, it's underwhelming, to be frank. Now, uh, hey, Jesse, what's going on, man? Uh, but if you look at... Telesco's record, um, I think the biggest negative he has overall was the hiring of coaches. He hired three coaches who didn't really amount to anything. You saw what happened with Brandon Staley. Daniel, thanks so much, man. $1.99. That, of course, goes to our good friends at Raider Nation Radio and the One Nation Foundation. So thank you for your super chat there. 
as well. So you look look at that record uh, uh, for the Chargers, both San Diego and Los Angeles, because he was with the team in San Diego before they moved. Uh, and and you're 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 underimpressed because they've never been able to live up to any hype that they've been given, despite having pretty much a talented roster. Now we look at that and we look at his first round draft picks, the Joey Bosa's, right, the Slaters, those type of guys. Of course, Justin Herbert. And you say, okay, great. He's done well in the first round. But I think also, I'm going to play both sides of the coin here. Great. Obviously, pick good folks. Knows what he's doing there. But where you're pick, if you're picking in the top 10 of the first round, most of the time you're going to hit on those. Not all of them. Not all of them, uh, as the Raiders know. But I think that overall, he's had the chance to, to make some of those picks, and he's done well on them. Uh, Derwin James, some of those other guys, of course, he's had injury issues, uh, but that you can't necessarily control. Uh, you don't know what's happening there. But anyway, so you look at that and you say, okay, great. But even if the team didn't perform, and remember, throughout that time, he had two franchise quarterbacks. Yes, Phillip Rivers, it was towards the end of his career, the last three or four years, but then they got Justin Herbert. And so he's always had a pretty dang good quarterback there. And so you think about, well, what did happen? Well, coaching. Well, a lot of people say the Spanos families, or as I call them, the Spanos goofs, they are cheap. They would not give him the money to hire a coach. True. But a lot of folks hire coaches, young coaches that were coordinators for less money than a Jim Harbaugh. Okay. So they go out and hire Harbaugh tonight. And that is somebody that uh, also isn't, isn't necessarily, I mean, he's an expensive guy, right? He's an expensive coach. The, the, the report I saw before I went on the air was five years, didn't see the money yet. But either way, that criticism is like people give an excuse to Tom Telesco. Well, the Spanos wouldn't. But still, if you hire a good young coach, if you don't have enough money to go out and hire a big name, right? Somebody who's got a bunch of experience, then you kind of have to sniff it out and figure it out. We've seen all the names this year with Ben Johnson and, and some of these other guys, Robinson from the Rams, who the Raiders are interviewing. Those guys are were in the same position. So Tom Telesco missing on the coaches seems to be the biggest, I think. Uh, uh, negative that I can see. But then you also have the draft. So we talked about the first rounders, but when you get past the first round, uh, Telesco's record with the Chargers has not been stellar. The Chargers have lacked depth, and that usually comes from hitting in the draft. That comes from hitting second, third, fourth, even fifth round. Remember, Max Crosby was a fourth round pick. I know, unfair to compare others to Max because of how good he became, even though he was a fourth rounder. Though those types of concerns are real. I'm not saying that he's going to do it again. I'm just saying it's there. It's fact. You have 11 years. And so I want to show you a graphic that I have that we found. And this is, and hopefully you can see this on the screen when I put it up here. Uh, if you see this here, this is dr team draft success. This is quantitative data, which talks about, and I know it's kind of hard to see there, uh, unless you're really close to your phone or your computer. But if you look, this is in essence how the teams have drafted successfully as far as the overall players taken throughout all rounds, right? And the draft is a crapshoot. There's no question about it, right? You, you need to nail more than you lose or, or miss on. But if you look, the Chargers under Tom Telesco, this goes back to 2013 uh, to 2022, so it doesn't include last year. You look at this and the Chargers were fourth from the bottom and two above them was the Raiders. So over the course of from 2013 to 2020, actually, the Raiders score higher there from a percentile. The bottom number is the percentile, like uh, is, is, you know, how many of the draft picks basically hit. 
The Chargers were just above uh, 40%. The Raiders were in the same vicinity. So this includes all draft picks. So it's not just based on the first round and all the one, great ones you hit on. It's also based on those that you did not. So looking at this chart and you're like, Woof, okay, now he's had a couple years where hit on a lot more picks in one year, but this is aggregated over the entire time that he was with the Chargers. And this is for the entire league. So you can see that you go up to the top and some of these teams like the Chiefs, of course, the Ravens, uh, the Rams, and some of these other teams, Buccaneers, have all done. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, that's not incredibly impressive and it's a little bit concerning, right? Uh, but again, that does not mean that Tom Telesco can't be successful with the Raiders. We're just going off record. We're going off what we've seen. Because he is experienced and has that many years of running the draft for the Chargers, you can infer from that that, well, maybe not. Now, the Chargers and the Raiders have different draft uh, um, um, scouting. They have different scouts, different staff. So maybe the Raiders, although the Raiders didn't fare well over that time, but the Raiders were also a mess. They had they didn't have one GM like the Chargers did. They had the the revolving door, as you guys know, right? So so from that perspective, you can look at those numbers. And again, numbers only help us make uh, assumptions, and that is something that we we go we go with and look at and say, okay, that's going to just inform where we're at. So in my view, the way I I look at those numbers, and you guys tell me if you disagree in the chat, the way I look at those numbers is Tom Telesco uh, has got to get better and he's got to prove it, right? So he's going to have one draft this year. He's already there. He's going to draft this year and we'll see how he does. Now, we won't know the results of that until we get through a season, until the end of next season when um, they do that. And yes, Oakland fan, yes, the Rams trade all their picks, but yet they nail it. Um, look at Puka Nakua, right? Now, oh, that was lucky. No, they had Cooper Cup. They had a lot of guys they've been able to do that with. So it's a good point there, Oakland fan. But um, so so he's going to have a chance to do that. But again, we won't know till the end of next season, the Raiders, whatever they do with their picks, okay, we won't know how that nets out until we get through a season. And then, as you know, there's players too, you might get third, fourth, fifth round that don't necessarily hit right away. Now, you look at the, the Chiefs last year. I know it's a sore point because it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs had seven rookies in their draft class last year. Last year, start and play in the Super Bowl. So that tells you they nailed their draft class in the first year. You look at it this year, same thing happened with Detroit. Detroit had a great draft class. Same thing has happened there. Okay? So um, it's possible. It, you know, and some, some guys develop slower, some guys don't. And, and so we'll have to see how Tom Telesco does. Now, I know so much of the Raider culture is about us against the world, and that's cool. It's part of what makes the culture so great. It's what Al Davis preached and said about as the culture for the Raiders. But the national media is looking at this too. There's been a lot of folks who've written positively about Tom Telesco and the Raiders hiring him. And it was, and for them, I think it was a surprise. But I want to play you. I talked with Dallas Robinson. Dallas is a writer for the Pro Football Network. Uh, and he wrote a story yesterday about the hiring of Tom Telesco and he graded it. Okay. And just to prepare you, um, he graded the hire as a D, not an F, but a D. So I interviewed him for my role at Sports Knot, and I wanted to play you this interview just to give you the other side, okay? 
It might make you mad. It might, it might reinforce that you don't like Tom Telesco. I don't know. But it's always, I always search for other people's opinions, no matter what mine are. And so I'm going to play you this Dallas Robinson interview that I did today with him about Tom Telesco and why he doesn't like the hire. Listen to it, and then we'll jump in the chat and get your reaction. A bit of time and ask you, you had another piece run up on Pro Football Network about the Raiders hiring Tom Telesco, who had been fired by the Chargers, of course, after the Raiders beat the Chargers in that 63-point uh, beatdown in Las Vegas. Tom Telesco goes over to the Raiders, a bit of a surprise, only from the standpoint of, yes, everybody knew he interviewed twice, but Champ Kelly, Ed Dodds, of course, the assistant GM from the Colts, those were both considered sort of the favorites. And then all of a sudden... On, on Tuesday, guess what? The Raiders hire Tom Telesco. You gave him a, you gave the hire a grade. You gave it a D. Let's talk through a little bit of why the Tom Telesco hire for Las Vegas uh, might not be uh, that great for them. What, what is it about Tom Telesco's 11 years at the Chargers that gives you pause uh, for, for the Raiders hiring him? Yeah, it did come as a surprise to me because I, I looked like Champ Kelly or Ed Dodds was going to be the guy. And you know, whether that's Mark Davis just not wanting to pair a rookie head coach and Antonio Pierce with a rookie general manager, I, I think that might be what it is. So Tom Telesco obviously has a long track record of experience. And, and I hate to just put a, a D on somebody and leave it at that. So I, <laughs> I do have a reasoning behind it. You know? Yes, it's, you do. Yes. I, I think the Chargers, look, they, they had some success, but they only went to the playoffs three times in 11 seasons that Telesco was in charge. So that, that's just a baseline. He hit on some first-round picks. But, it, but it's not just first-round picks that you have to grade a general manager on. It's, it's an entire draft class over years. If you look at some of his mid- and late-round picks, consistently missing on those picks, which in turn deprives the Chargers roger, roster of depth. You, you build NFL rosters based on young, cost-controlled players on rookie contracts. The Chargers just never had that. It was totally a stars-and-scrubs roster. Then you would see those injury issues hit that we all know the Chargers are get, get every single season. Every year. They didn't. They didn't. Have, they never had the depth to kind of fill in for those absences, right? So I think that was a problem. The Chargers never invested in analytics. They they always have one of the lowest analytics staff in the entire NFL. Tom Telesco has never traded down in an, in a single NFL draft, which is almost impossible. He's only traded <laughs> up four times, so like he's not a guy that moves around. I'm not saying you have to move around the draft, but. It's pretty accepted wisdom that trading down and, accept and getting more draft capital is a good way to go. Um, so, and the fact that he didn't take any time off kind of gives me worries too. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't spend a year learning. We, we just talked about the kind of the, uh, with the coaching side, this kind of search for knowledge that coaches and teams have. Tom Telesco only took a month off, right? Yeah. He's, he, he didn't learn any new ideas. He didn't go to spend time with anybody else. He's going right back into an NFL job. So I'm not sure what's going to change that he go well he goes to the Raiders like I'm I'm worried that we're going to look back in a few years and the Raiders are going to kind of be this bloated mess that has cap problems and a over the hill roster and no depth and I hate to say that for any Raiders fans that are excited about this Tom Telesco hire but based on the job he did in LA that's I, I'm just not that excited about the hire. Well, there you go, Dallas Robinson, and uh, I know I saw some of the comments. Debbie Downer, you know, you know, he's just looking at it from that perspective, and I think I think some of the points, as we talked about earlier, um, has uh, has a has a good point of view. I mean, he's got some valid points. I'm not saying that that means that, like at the end there, the where I disagreed with Dallas was around the cap because in Los Angeles, the cap was controlled by 
uh, Spanos's son. He's one of the sons uh, who ran the cap stuff. Obviously, he wasn't very good at it. Tom Delaney with the Raiders is very good at it. And so I think that that's not necessarily the same situation. Okay, so and, and the Charger organization, and I know I said something publicly about this, and and I got a bunch of Charger fans coming after me, of course, which was like, oh, oh yeah, and the Raider organization's great. And no, I'm not making I'm not making excuses for the awful decisions that Mark Davis, who has owned them and said that he made them uh, over the years, but at the same time, the dysfunction and the issues in Los Angeles with the Chargers are much much different. You have a nepotism issue there because you have the situation where you have the entire hierarchy of the Chargers are Spanos kids and grandkids, okay? Doesn't mean they had a lot of NFL experience other than, hey, dad or grandpa owned the team and I got to hang around and now I got a job because I went back east and went to an Ivy League, came back out and now I'm running a team. So I think it's a very different situation. Um, and uh, so so that that in itself is different. But his point about not hitting in later rounds, and and somebody in the chat, and I forgot, I got to scroll back and see, uh, uh, Davion McLean Hall. You said, hey, I think you said something about it. Well, okay, so if you only if you hit in the third and fifth rounds, and miss in the first and second, are are you still are you still a good GM? And the the answer is no. The answer is, as a GM, I think you need to hit more than not with your top draft pick. So first and second round, you're going to have misses. Everybody does no question, right? And so you'll have some of those, but you can't do them to it. Like the Raiders under John Gruden continually three straight years with the exception of Josh Jacobs and of course, Max Crosby, who's a fourth rounder. He wasn't a first or second rounder. Missed. And look what it did to the franchise. It set the franchise back. Now, you have to hit in those middle rounds. You remember what Mike Mayock famously said? He said, oh, where you make your bread and butter as an NFL team is the third to fifth rounds. That's what he said. And, and actually, he's right. Now, they executed there in some good cases. You look at what they've been able to do in some of the middle rounds, and they got a couple guys, including Max Crosby. So that's fine, but you have to consistently hit throughout. Like, you can't great first round and suck in the rest, and you can't suck in the first and second round and be good in the third and fifth round and expect your team. Because now in the NFL, especially with the economics, guys, with the economics, the most valuable thing in the NFL is a player who performs at a high level on a rookie contract. Now, you eventually got to pay that guy if you're going to keep him, but it's vital because of the way the salary cap works. That's what you want. That's what you need. So it's vital. If you look at the teams that continue to perform well, it is because. Now, you can go back to the Rams when they built their team and, and spent the money and got into cap hell and all that. It worked. You can do it for a short period of time, but if you're going to build a consistent winner, you have to do it through the draft, and then you pepper in the free agents. No question. You add a free. If you're a player away, for example, if you're the Raiders, you got your quarterback, you got all this, and man, you just need that stud defensive end. And there's a great one on the market. Then you spend the money to go get it. But the reason you can spend money on a big free agent, by the way, is because those guys on the smaller rookie contract, the less expensive rookie contracts, where they're locked in, and you control them for five years, they're performing. That's what allows you to go out and get some of those big names, and you've seen that with other teams. So that is all um, That is all, all a big part of this. So that's why the Tom Telesco situation with hitting later in the draft and all that is, is important because when you look at the history, that's what we see from him. Again, 
Doesn't mean the same thing will happen with the Raiders, but you can infer from it that it's a weakness. Now, can that be made up by other people in the front office? Can does he go, Is he going to have a staff that will help and do a better job than he had in Los Angeles? One of the other things, too, that's interesting that came out about the whole Tom Telesco time, and I talked to Scott Kaplan from ESPN Radio down in Los Angeles. He also uh, does a show down in San Diego, too, the Kaplan and Crew Show. And I, I was texting with him after Telesco. I said, give me the skinny because he's covered the chart 20 years. And he really likes Tom Telesco. He really likes him and said, hey, no, he's a good dude. He's good. And, and he, we got into the conversation about the, the Chargers investing so little money in analytics. Okay? The Chargers have three people on staff that do analytics. That's very small for a NFL team. So that's part of it, I think. Now, so you say, okay, well, Chargers again being cheap. They're not cheap when they spend money on players. They're all cheap in other areas. And so what that happens is, or what happens with that is, then you don't, it, it impacts scouting. It impacts all sorts of things. Now, the bad news, <laughs> the bad news is the Raiders only have four. So apparently the Raiders don't invest. They invest more, but they don't necessarily invest as much as some of the other teams you see around the league. With the, the influx of money into the Raider organization, I'm hoping, my hope is that Tom Telesco learned that in Los Angeles and he, in his discussions with Mark Davis and of course, Antonio Pierce, maybe said to them, and one of the reasons he took the job was, hey, we need to increase budget and staff around the analytics piece so that we can make better decisions. Because all the analytics do, they don't, te they, don't, they don't make decisions for you analytics. They're informative. So you can make the best decision you can. So I think that's, to me, what I'd like to see out of them. And hopefully they do that. We'll see if that indeed happens. Uh, but the, the falling off after the second round for Tom Telesco, also free agent signings. He's had a couple really good ones. Obviously, Khalil Mack was one. Um, but but he's also missed on some too. So we'll see that. But we'll get we'll get more in-depth on that as we go along and we look at the Raiders roster and 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 what they do there. So so that's that's sort of what we're looking at for the Tom Telesco situation. But let me know what you guys think in. I see you guys arguing back and forth about coaches, which is fine. It's all good. That's what the um, chat is there. And Dave, you obviously are not a fan of AP being the coach. Um, and I understand the point of view. I think, you know, I would not get on your fellow Raider fans if they disagree. Um, but you know what? Antonio Pierce is going to have the opportunity to prove those people who don't think it was the best choice wrong, as will Tom Telesco. Uh, and Dave, I understand you're pissed off. I get it. I get it. I've heard a lot of folks same way. I get it. Hey, Dark Deck Vader, how you doing, man? Uh, cheers to you as well. Appreciate that. Uh, and uh, what do we have here? We got another one that says the key to this is hiring keeping Tom Delaney. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll get more into that. But um, when we come back next week, we'll get a little more into roster. I think we got to start talking about that as we get up to, of course, the legal tampering period. So free agency and all that doesn't start till March. So we got a little bit of time. But again, it's just one of those situations where you're going to have uh, a lot happening between now and then. The next big domino to fall, folks, has got to be who Antonio Pierce hires as his offensive coordinator and fills out the rest of his staff. Patrick Graham, again, interviewed uh, uh, in Seattle. So there's no guarantee Patrick Graham stays. So we'll see if that happens. But my concern is this. 
is that I am not a big fan, and I understand Antonio Pierce, Marvin Lewis and Tom Coughlin as advisors for him is huge. I got nothing. Mentors were so important to me in my career, and I love that. But I will tell you that my issue is if 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 Antonio Pierce starts hiring quote unquote coaches out of the Marvin Lewis tree, it that's not going to be a positive to me because they have not been successful. If you look at the those that have been head coaches and those that are still around the league in other positions, I would be concerned with that. That's my only concern. It's not, it, it's valid until it's not. So we'll see what they do. I think you need somebody at offensive coordinator who is progressive. You need somebody at offensive coordinator who's not somebody who I'm going to bring in a scheme. No, it's somebody who's going to come in and be a designer. What do you have? What's the talent you have? What do you want to create? Don't come in with a preconceived motion of I'm going to run this offense. Yeah, you, you might have a base offense, but you need somebody who's going to come in. Somebody like Frank Smith, who used to be the Raiders tight end coach who went to Miami, doesn't call plays there. I get that. But he went with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel hasn't proven anything out yet because the Dolphins crumbled at the end of the year, partly due to injury. But I do think that that's the kind of person you need. So I want to see, he talked about vision in the press conference. I want to see vision and I want to see forward thinking, especially with the offensive coordinator. So we'll have to see if that happens. But that's going to happen uh, hopefully soon. We'll see what, what's going on. Remember, the teams that are still in the playoffs, those four teams, if, if they're talking to somebody with those teams, they can't bring them in for an interview till they're out of the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. We're going to take our final break here for our audio audience. If you're watching us on video, it'll only be a few seconds. When we come back, we're going to get to one of my favorite things, and that is the Raider Nation mailbag. We got your voicemails. We got your emails, and we're going to close the show out with that. All right, so we appreciate you guys being with you. I'm Scott Branson. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We are coming right back with your messages. Don't go anywhere. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now. It's your time to speak up. All right, here we go. It is time for the Raider Nation mailbag. Appreciate you guys. Uh, got a lot of messages, so we're going to get through as many as we can today. So we appreciate that. And um, I have some emails, too, I'll read. Some of you guys are too, too shy. <laughs> too shy. And I did see our good friend, our resident comedian, stand-up comedian, AJ DeMello, is in there. And I know where AJ stands. And AJ, I got your emails, but like they're like five minutes long. No. So I got one of them. One of them, somehow the file got corrupted. So the second call I'm going to play. So stay tuned. So I don't know what the first call said because the file somehow got messed up. So we'll get to that here in a second. But we're going to get to your messages right away. And uh, we'll see what you guys have to say in the chat. You guys always have great things to say. So we're going to get to that right now. As soon as the music goes down. But anyway, do us a favor. If you don't already subscribe to the channel here on YouTube, please do so. Hit the subscription button. Also hit the notifications bell. The bell is the most important thing because you will not know when there's a new video. Even if you subscribe, the bell makes it uh, much easier to find. And you'll see when we have new videos up. Also, uh, do me a favor. Give us a thumbs up there and subscribe to the audio podcast wherever you get your Audio. All right. Let's get to the first call here on the Raider Nation mailbag. Scott, Mo, appreciate all the work that you guys do. Really enjoy the show. Um, just to sound off about the Telesco hire, um, I know the initial reaction to put a, a positive on it. People are going to say, well, he drafts really well. You know, Bosa, Henry, Williams, James, Herbert, Slater, the light, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, that's fine and dandy, but uh, let's talk about how the Chargers got in those draft positions to begin with. That team constantly underperformed to be put in those draft positions. So for before we start saying, well, he was a, a brilliant draft strategist, well, yeah, if you had Joey Bosa sitting in front of you when you were on the clock, would you not pick him too? Same thing with Derwin James. Same thing with Rashawn Slater. If they're there, they're there for a reason because your team wasn't good enough to pick in a different draft slot. So before we start singing his praises about how great of a draft uh, strategist that Telesco is, let's discuss why he was put in those positions in the first place. Uh, I, I see that this has got shades of Rich Bisaccia written all over it. You had the right guy in the building, and you decided to let him walk for the splash hire. I just don't know that Mark Davis is learning his lesson from his past mistakes. I think that's the definition of insanity right there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right. There you go. I, I didn't get a name there. I didn't leave a name. Make sure you guys, when you call in, you give your name. I just want to give you a shout out so we know it's you. Uh, but some interesting points he makes there, and and I think they're they're valid. Um, and I think, too, in the chat, Cammy's there, and he says, hey, why are most of you judging already? Let the new season start before you break down. Stop assuming things are going to go wrong. Um, I don't disagree with you, Cammy. I think that, uh, but, but for all of you guys that are longtime Raider fans, which I think is most of you, 
then uh, I understand it. It's been a long time and it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy 25 years of ups and downs, especially the end of Al Davis's life. And of course, after Al Davis, it's been very, very difficult. So I understand people's skepticism on one side, but on the other side, it's like, hey, you know, to believe you got to see some proof. And so I think people just want some proof. And right now we're all just guessing. Mo and I come on the show, people, oh, you're just guessing. Well, of course we are. I know we call him jokingly Mostradamus, but he doesn't actually see into the future, nor do I. If I did, I would be at the sports book every day, and I probably wouldn't be doing this anymore because I'd be traveling all over the world every day uh, with a lot of money. So there you go. But I do think that uh, um, he brings up good points there, and I think that's a general, if you're looking for people who are not supportive of that hire, that's a good example of it. But thank you for your call. I don't know what your name is. If you're in the chat tonight, let me know it's you. If it's not, just drop us a note, and we'll get to that. All right, we're going to get on to the next call. Here we go on the Raider Nation mailbag. Hey, Silver and Black today. This is Nelson Nobles calling from Dumfries, Virginia. My question is, since we got GM Tom Telesco, do you think that we will draft J.D. Daniels? There you go. There's Nelson in Virginia. Raider Nation is everywhere. International. I'm thinking it's probably universal. Somewhere out there, there's some aliens and they got a Raider bumper sticker on their UFO. Right. Anyway, Nelson from Virginia, thanks for your call. And it's interesting because I did a piece up on sportsnot.com uh, where I write that um, on New Year's Day, excuse me, New Year's Eve, uh, some bold predictions. I predicted that Antonio Pierce would be the coach. Duh. I predicted Champ Kelly would be the GM. Eh, wrong on that one. And I predicted that they would try to they would trade up and take Jaden Daniels. I like that move. Here's the issue, though, with each passing day. And, and tell me, if you guys just think I'm being negative and a Debbie Downer, I don't see anybody in the top three trade now. I just don't. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to go three. I think he's going to go to Washington. That I, I'm just saying. I think that it's going to be really hard. I think the Raiders need to do everything they can. I know all of you don't agree. Everything they can to move up there. As high as they can get in the draft. But... If they can't get to number three, maybe number four, if there's some kind of surprise, then guess what? He's going to be gone. I really believe that. Unless something happens crazy with pro days or combine, whatever, then I think that, that that's going to be an issue. So if the Raiders can't get in the top three or four, I don't think any of those three quarterbacks are going to be there. And I know all oh, the Bears might trade. The Bears are not going to trade out. You can come back here and tell me I was wrong and I will do some public humiliation for you. I will make a video of doing something really stupid in public that's embarrassing if the Bears don't take Caleb Williams. That's how sure I am they're going to take Caleb Williams. Then you got the Patriots, Drake May. Then you have the Washington Commanders. All three of those teams desperately, desperately need a quarterback. So that's what's moving against the Raiders and their desire to get a quarterback, even if they're going to move up. Now, crazy things can happen. Crazy things can happen. So I think that that, that issue, if you want to go get Jaden Daniels, if he falls down a little bit, if for some reason, because things get crazy, if he falls down five, six, seven, maybe the Raiders have a better chance of moving up there. Okay? And yes, AJ, you're right. The Broncos need a quarterback. I mean, there's there's seven or eight teams that need a quarterback. Now, some of those teams may not take a quarterback in the first round. 
Uh, Mufasa, I disagree. I love Aiden O'Connell, but he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL on a permanent basis. He, he lacks the mobility to be so. Um, good arm, good, smart, smart kid. If he was in Detroit right now, where Jared Goff is, and I'm not comparing the two guys because I can't, but Detroit's offensive line is phenomenal. Phenomenal. They have a great running game. They have good receiving core. They have great tight end, Laporta. If AOC was on that team, he'd be very successful. But that's the kind of team you'd have to build, and I don't think it's 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 sustainable as long, which is why they drafted Hendon Hooker last year out of Tennessee because he was going to miss a year with his knee injury. But he's more that guy, and he will be their future quarterback there. So I think you need to do that. You do need to work on the O-line, but you, know, you guys always tell me, oh, work on the O-line first. No, quarterback is the position. All you got to do is look at Houston. Look at C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud lost two of his starting offensive linemen earlier in the year, played with backups all year, and look what he did. Yes, you have to win in the trenches. Absolutely. But here's the deal. You don't have to do either or. You have to do both. You can get a mobile quarterback and get your offensive line improved. So I think they need to do that. They need to do both. Martine, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yes. Possibility. In fact, I got an email today from bet.com. The Raiders are now leading in odds. I know it doesn't really mean anything, but they are the leader in the clubhouse right now uh, as far as signing Kirk Cousins. I know, I know. But Kirk Cousins, as if, if you're going to get a young quarterback who's not a first rounder, and let's say you got to wait till the second or third round where a guy might need a year or two or two, three years to develop, but he's the guy, whether it's a Penix or a Knicks or somebody like that, then I could see doing that. I, I don't see it happening overall, but I do think I do think that the Raiders have to get an experienced veteran quarterback who is more mobile. Okay. Doesn't mean not a running quarterback. Again, as Mo always calls it, functional mobility. And I think that's what they need to do. And that's what's going to go on. Thanks, May Spitfire. Appreciate you. Um, and, and so they're going to do that. I still am on board with. <laughs> I'm still on board with the idea of bringing Justin Fields in because it's cheap and you're only committed for one year. So if Justin Fields comes in and competes with AOC and competes with a rookie, so you have three quarterbacks in camp. So Fields would be your veteran. Then you have a rookie and then you have Aiden O'Connell, who's technically a veteran, although he'd be a second year player. You bring them in and let them compete. If O'Connell wins the job somehow, then he wins the job. But if Fields comes in and wins the job and does really well, you have a fifth-year option on him because he's on his rookie contract. You can exercise the tag in his second year. So yes, you'll have to give him a raise because it'll go based on the franchise tag number, which is still a good number. If he did really, really well, if he balls out and the Raiders make the playoffs because he's done so well under, under whoever the offensive coordinator is and Antonio Pierce, then great. Then you tag him for a fifth year. And then yes, then you'd have to pay him 45 million a year. But if he puts together two stellar years as a starting quarterback, and a lot of the crap you saw in Chicago doesn't happen again, and I know it's a big if, but if that happens, why wouldn't you do that? Now, if he comes in next year, doesn't win the starting job or starts and isn't, and we see the same thing we saw in Chicago, inconsistencies and this kind of stuff, then you can let him go after one year and I'll cost you a $6 million. Tell me, yeah, okay, you got to give draft capital. So what? I think it's a great option. Bill, it's not true he hasn't done anything. He's he's shown flashes, especially at the end of this year, 
but he's got a lot of potential. Again, $6 million, Bill, six, that's it. It's worth the risk. Yes, it's risky. I agree with you. He hasn't, he hasn't proved enough to say, oh my God, that's your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not arguing you there. But I think it's a cheap option to bring in with a lot of upside and not much downside, especially if you're already drafting a rookie somewhere and you have Aiden O'Connell there. Why not? Try it out. See what happens. All right. There you go. All right. We're going to get to our next call. Uh, and again, thanks to Neil from Virginia here on the Raider Nation Mailbag on Silver and Black today. And this is AJ from Sacramento. AJ. I've already called, but I just want to stress the fact that the Raiders let the Chargers get Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> and we got happy seconds GM. So I feel like we should be negative until they give us a reason to be positive. I'm not rooting against the Raiders, but I'm not being talked into anything. Don't be talked into anything, Raider Nation. Make them prove it. Make them prove it, because guess what? Jim Harbaugh is going to prove it. He's probably going to kick our butts, and it's Mark Davis's fault, okay? Just because he swung and missed on two guys he shouldn't have even been courting in the first place, he goes, oh, but I can't do that again, uh, even though I make so much more money than I ever could have. Uh, there's no way I could just give Jim Harbaugh the money. Yes, you can. Okay? You totally can. But you didn't. And now the Chargers got him, and they already have a quarterback, and we don't got nothing, okay? We got nothing. Nothing. Let the negativity begin. I'm going to be negative. <laughs> I will be negative because it will lead to something positive. That's what I'm going to manifest. But I'm not doing this whole positivity thing. You guys can do that. I, I salute you for it, but I think we should be negative. And hopefully that means something positive, because every time we try to cautious optimism, it doesn't work out, okay? So shake your <laughs> dice in your hand and put them in your drink and, and drink it, because this gamble is going to make our stomach hurt. There you go. There's AJ. He's in the chat, by the way. So you guys are, are talking about AJ. He's there. He's he's mixing it up with you. AJ DeMello. Thanks, man. I don't know what happened to your first call. Again, the file got corrupted somehow, uh, but we got your second call on there. So and listen, I've heard a lot of people with the same opinion as AJ. And and I know some of you say it's negative, whatever you want to say, but he said he's negative because he doesn't feel good about it. I get it. That's a it's a valid point. I'm not saying you all have to agree with them, but I hear that a lot of, from a lot of people and you can't just piss it away and say, it's not valid. I get it. I get it because a lot of you were complaining about other things. You were complaining about Josh McDaniels. You're complaining about Derek Carr. We all as, as, as fans of whatever team we follow do that. And, and, and I think that there, there are people who said that the Josh McDaniels hire was good, uh, at least tepid, warm, to it. Not, I don't think there was anybody who was overwhelmingly in support of it, but I guess, I guess that some of you have that in, 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 in the situation there, but really interesting. And, um, I, I think that those opinions are valid. We gotta, we gotta listen to everybody. Everybody's got valid opinions. Some of them are driven obviously by years of frustration. And so I get that. And so AJ is always a great caller here. So we appreciate that. And thank you, AJ, for being in the chat as well. And uh, we appreciate it as well. All right, on to the next call. Hey, 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 Anders from Oakland uh, again. Uh, just a few comments. Uh, I think after the turmoil and craziness uh, over the last three years or so, I think we needed some stability. 
And uh, John Madden always emphasized having an adult in the room. Uh, and I think Telesco will kind of be that stabilizing uh, force. He's done it before. He has the experience. He may not be the flashy hire, but he's going to be rock solid, which is what we need. And I think it's especially important in light of kind of Pierce being uh, somewhat green, uh, to say the least. Uh, that's not to say that the potential Dodge and Harbaugh combo doesn't scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> uh, but if you have Harbaugh, it's probably okay to have a less proven GM, at least in my opinion. Uh, so it's a little bit of a different set of circumstances uh, from ours. And then finally, my two cents on Pierce. I'm just going to quote Madden uh, when he talked about the Raiders. And he says, I don't think they need that guy that's on the sideline with a play card up against his mouth. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Anyway, have a good one, guys. Thanks for a great show. And go Raiders. All right. There you go. Anders, somebody who contributes here on the mailbag a lot. So we appreciate that and and his comments there too. And I think he's realistic. I know some oh Harbaugh sucks. No, he's a good coach. And and dropkick Murphy 99. What do you mean by Harbaugh inherited a playoff team? You mean this year? They weren't in the playoffs this year, the Chargers. And in San Francisco, the first year he took over and went 12 and 4, they were 6 and 10 the year before Jim Harbaugh took over in San Francisco. So I'm not sure which playoff team you're talking about but let me know you can let me know in the in the chat um and yes he coached at usd and played for the chargers he also coached for the raiders yes so there you go um yes rick it's true six and ten you're right absolutely well he had talent but but dropkick murphy which one is it <laughs> every team has talent man but you go it doesn't matter if you have talent if if it shows you're a good coach if there's a team that's talented and went six and ten and the next year they win twice as many games it's because you're a good coach. So, uh, but he's now the coach of the Chargers, so it doesn't really matter. So they they will have to deal with him on the opposite sideline, and we'll see how that all goes. But uh, Anders, as always, thank you for the call. All right, on to the next call. Scott Moe, this is Rev Mike again, and from Boise, Idaho. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Mark's decision in hiring AP. I think he saw the writing on the wall way, way early, and. Um, because he saw that Raider fans were showing up. That last game, that Denver game, there was no, there was no reason for Raider fans to even show up. It was, it was a nothing. And and yet, and I was at the the Raider Bronco game last year, and there were definitely more Bronco fans than there were Raider fans. But the Raider fans show up. Mark knew that he's ignited the fan base. He's ignited the locker room. And as a matter of fact, on Christmas Day. You look at the body language of AP when they won that game. It was as if Mark told him before the game, hey, man, beat them in KC and the job is yours. <laughs> and I'm convinced that that's probably what happened. So I'm pretty excited about having AP come and, and be the coach. We'll see what happens. And, you know, let's go Raiders, man. Raiders. <laughs> oh, too much. There you go. Uh, Rev Mike, Reverend Mike, I appreciate that so much. Uh, and that's all awesome. Uh, those are amazing. Um, <laughs> too much. Uh, I love it. And listen, here's the thing I've always said, and this was the, the run up to hiring Pierce's coach. 
emotion is a good thing. And I think he hit on something there, like fans coming to the last game, the fans were on board. And, and this is something I talked to, to Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, who joins us for our post-game shows for our Voice of the Fan segment. I get that. And it it it's it's an it's it feels good, especially for fans. Obviously, the players felt that way too. Um, and it's great. So so it got him the job. No question. Now that is secondary. Now it's secondary. Now you got to win ball games. And yes, he went five and four. It doesn't matter who he beat, he went five and four. You got to give him credit for that. But I will tell you that now it's all about this. And again, no excuses. You can't give excuses. Uh, for anybody in this organization, from Mark Davis down to Antonio Pierce, if they don't go out and perform. Um, now, we got to see what kind of talent they get. They have a pretty good team already, especially on defense. So we'll have to see what they do. But there's no more excuses. And I think that that's the thing that I heard from Antonio Pierce today was he wasn't making promises. You can't do that. But you do need to start, if you're going to build a winning culture, you know how you do that? You win. <laughs> you win. Uh, so yeah, so we got to do that, but um, it, it'll be interesting. All right, I'm going to get to some emails here before we go. Hopefully you guys are having a good time. I appreciate you guys being with us tonight here on Silver and Black today. And uh, let's get to some of these that I, I saved from some of you. We had some good co uh, come in, especially I talked about Raider Nation being worldwide. A lot of Raider fans in Australia, our good friend Rossi the Aussie, he calls in. He's actually from the UK, but he lives in Australia. So shout out to Rossi if he's listening. But we got another one. This is from Nathan Murray in Australia. He says, guys, like a lot of the Raider fan base, I don't find the Telesco hiring as an inspiring choice. All the big names quoted over and over and over again by the media, Bosa, James Williams, and whatever last year's first pick name was, can't stay healthy. Their salary cap is a mess. Again, that's not Telesco's fault, to be fair. Only, I only hope I have to, uh, he keeps his training staff the way uh, the <laughs> he keeps his training staff away from our players. Yeah, no, he won't. The Raiders have a very good training and medical staff. Advice, uh, please. Does does he have a history of trading up in the draft? He's not going to luck out again with a Herbert falling in his lap. And that's from Nathan down under in Australia. Nathan, thank you so much for that. And and we talked about that earlier, the history, and you heard it from um, from Dallas Robinson when he was on, and that was he doesn't trade up very often and he doesn't trade down ever so he seems to be a guy who kind of stands pat and takes picks where he's at that could change easily right you know mark davis the direction he has could be dude you got to get a quarterback you gotta do whatever you do whatever you got to do i'm on board let's go so we'll see we won't know until april <laughs> but nathan's concern is real because it's based on it's based on history so until the history changes that's what's going to happen. So we'll have to see how that goes. All right. Now we move on to Nodak Raider. He's from North Dakota. So again, another Raider listener, North Dakota. He's in Fargo. Don't you know, he says as a joke. And here's what he says. Nodak Raider says, I think this team of AP and Telesco has great potential. Experienced roster builder with a good track record and a coach that has been able to get the most out of what he has. This, how, this is how Detroit is doing it. Get a great roster paired with a leader. Hoping Patrick Graham is back, and all we need is an offensive coordinator. And we might be looking at the next Detroit. I'm getting more optimistic with these moves. I want to see who the OC will be and the quarterback plan. Again, that's Nodak Raider up in Fargo, North Dakota. Man, thanks for your email from the Great White North, at least in the United States, Great White North in uh, North Dakota. So thank you for that. It's a good point. Um, 
you know, I hate to make comparisons. Look, Dan Campbell's a different guy. D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, different guy. Um, I get wanting to compare and say, well, they did it. Why can't we? And so I get that. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily remember Dan Campbell had this first year won three games. I think this team's in a much better position. So I think the high expectations have to be higher. So if Antonio Pierce goes out next year and wins seven games, it'd be a massive disappointment. Massive disappointment, right? I think so. You tell me what you think. Now, if they don't get a quarterback, maybe. I'm not making excuses. I told you no excuses, but it would be interesting to see what happens there. But potential, yes. Potential is potential, and it means nothing unless you execute. So we'll have to see. But thank you, Nodak Raider, for that one. All right, we go on to Brian Silva. Brian's in Elk Grove, California. He says, what if we don't go after a top quarterback this year? Instead, we trade down for more picks, especially with Telesco on board. But again, Brian, Telesco's never traded down. He doesn't trade down. He hasn't done it at all. Just to say. Take D-line, O-line, linebackers, edge runners. Hire Apollo Creed to teach Aiden speed and footwork. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Apollo Creed. Lots of talent that COVID delayed coming out from college. This is true. It's a heavy draft. Brian and Elk Grove, thank you for your your email, we appreciate that so much and for you being part of Silver and Black today. So um, I get what you're saying there. They have to get a quarterback. Have to. If they don't get a quarterback, it's a massive failure of an offseason. Now, does that mean they get a first-round quarterback? Not necessarily. That would be my desire, and I think they need to do everything they can. Doesn't mean they'll be able to, though. If they can't, then they need to, I don't think they necessarily need to trade down, but they can get somebody in the second round. Uh, and, 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 and if you do that, if you get a second round guy or a third round guy, then what you have to do is you're going to have to go get a veteran. And the veteran pool this year is not very good. We talked about Kirk Cousins earlier. Who else are you going to get? Jacoby Brissett. I mean, that's it. So uh, if you really like the rookie you drafted, then you might go get a guy like Jacoby Brissett who's going to come in and be a placeholder. But I just think that that has to be the number one priority. I just think it has to be. So they have to do everything else. Edgar, I don't think Carson Wentz is viable. I don't think so. Not even as a bridge guy. As a backup, in case you need a game or two, maybe. But I think he's kind of run his course I mean, he was in Los Angeles this year as a backup sign late in the season. I just don't think that uh, that's going to work. Um, but uh, AJ, if you're talking about Cam Ward, Cam Ward uh, now has committed to Miami. He's staying in college, by the way. So um, black, black and grayed out. Black and grayed out. Sorry, I had to read that. Black and grayed out. Don't have to mortgage the future to get a QB. Tom Brady was six round. Get, let's not talk to Tom Brady. That's a whole other example. They got very, 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 very lucky. Uh, Bill, Cam Ward's going back to college. He's not going into the draft. Just so you know, Cammy, uh, Yeah, no, AJ, it just happened yesterday. In fact, on our show yesterday, we talked about Cam Ward. That's who most thought they should go after if they can't get in uh, into the top of the first round was Cam Ward. I like him too, but I don't think he... Uh, uh, most of us didn't know. Um uh, Aiden would start over a vet until the rookie is ready. Raider felon? I don't think so. Depends who the vet is. Um, Aiden O'Connell, again, he's he's developing and it's good. I think he's going to be, my vi view of it is he's going to be a very good backup quarterback and have a very nice career in the NFL. 
I just don't think he's a guy that you're going to put out there for 16 games. Just don't. Uh, Russell Wilson, no. Daniel, uh, Caps Keenan, Kaepernick. Uh, Kevin Kolb, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're talking about the quarterbacks there. Uh, I got you. But um, what will take up to trade to pick number three, Josh? I don't know. I don't think I don't think anything will help 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 them get up to number three because Washington needs a quarterback. And from what I've heard, they like Jaden Daniels, although they don't have a front office. Well, they have their GM, but they don't have their coach. Um, and then Patriots at number two with Drake May, and number one will be Caleb Williams. So it's going to be really tough to get up to number three if the Raiders are willing to give up enough. Maybe they'll listen. But again, trading up is dependent on if somebody wants to trade down. And if they don't, if they fall in love with a player, they're not going to trade down. But yeah, AJ, I do think I'm listen, I I like Kirk Cousins. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what, he, what what happens there. I think Fields is the best option if they trade him. If you can get Fields for a third round draft pick, I, I I just think so. I, I think that's worth it. But we'll see. We'll see what else pops up. And you never know names that suddenly become available that weren't available before. So we'll have to see how that all runs down. But uh, but we appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys with all of these great emails and voicemails. Do me a favor. If you're going to want to be on the show next time here on the mailbag, do me a favor. Just call us. It's area code. You ready? You got a pen? Or if you had a memory where you can memorize numbers, 702 900 702-900-7869 is the number to call and leave a voicemail to get on the air with us. Or you can email us at mail, not M-A-L-E, M-A-I-L, mail at silver and black today. That's mail at silver and black today.com. And we can take it there written. We love the voicemails more. You guys leave some funny stuff and we appreciate it. And, um, it's, it's always fun. So please do that. And thank you guys for being with us. Um, I keep mentioning Justin Fields because Raider 1961, I get what you're doing there. You're, you're trying, Oh, he's a running back. He's not a running back. He's not a running back. He's got potential. I'm not saying he's going to work out. I'm saying he's got potential and it's worth, it's worth a third round draft pick and $6 million. <laughs> That's it. So that's why I keep mentioning him because I think it's a viable option, but there might be others as well. Bill, I get it. You don't understand Justin Fields. Maybe you haven't watched him that much. I've watched him a lot. So that's the other thing is with my role, I watch the entire league almost every single game at least once. So uh, I think that that's, that's, that's one of those things that uh, you need. It. Yes, the OC failed Fields, and that's Luke Getze, who the Raiders have interviewed. <laughs> so if Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator, we might go off the air because it would be a very poor choice. And obviously it would guarantee that Justin Fields is coming to the Raiders, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um, no, Daniel, he does not get 40 million. He gets one year and then whatever the cap, and I'll look it up while you're here, man, just to make sure um, what the, 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 um, what am I looking for? Oh, I know what I'm looking for. It is the franchise tag for quarterbacks. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is 40 million this year. I can't remember what it is. 32 to be exact. So yeah, you would tag him. But here's the deal, Daniel. If if he goes out, it's 32. Yes, you got it, Daniel. If he goes out next year and the Raiders win 11 games and he looks great, why wouldn't you want to give him $32 million? Or next year, it'll probably be $38 million. Why wouldn't you? 
And then in the second year, yeah, you give him $30 million. And let's say he falls back down again and he goes back to where he was this year or the year before. You let him go. He's on the fifth year option. He's a free agent. You can let him go. If he balls out in year two, then you sign him to a long-term deal and you got your quarterback. But like I said, if he doesn't, then you let him go. It, to me, the risk is so low. If he earns, if he earns the tag, that means he played really, really well and he's worth the money. So, but again, if he doesn't, then you don't have to pay him. It's $6 million and you say, hey man, thanks. Good luck to you uh, wherever you go next. That's it. So we'll see. But there's going to be a lot to talk about over the offseason, and we'll be here for all of it. And we also uh, just appreciate you guys being with us tonight for this special live edition. Sorry Mo couldn't be with us. He sends his apologies. He got caught up in the Harbaugh stuff, had to cover that for Bleacher Report. So he, he will be back next time. Again, do us a favor. If you're here on YouTube, Facebook, on X.com, wherever you are, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way, that way you get all of our videos as well. And we appreciate you doing that. Also subscribe to the audio podcast. So when you're in your car, whatever, you can listen to us as well. This podcast will be available on Thursday morning tomorrow for you. If you didn't watch it live and it's an extra long one, we're almost at an hour and a half. We hardly ever go this long, but I wanted to interact with all of you because it's been such an eventful week in Raider Nation. And I know that's going to be a busy, busy off season. Thank you, Raider 1961. We appreciate it. AJ, no, I'm not going to forget Fields. I might send you a Justin Fields jersey, a Raiders jersey, make you wear it on stage. <laughs> It'll be fun. Uh, nobody's giving a third for Renfro. I agree with that, Dropkick Murphy. Uh, I agree, actually. Maybe a sixth. That's about it. So anyway, I appreciate you guys all being this. Thank you, Rick. Thank you all for listening and for viewing us uh, on whatever video channel you're on. So thank you guys so much for that. For my partner, Momote, and for our producer, don't forget our producer, keeps it all together for us. That is Mike Robier from Odyssey. We appreciate the job he does. I'm Scott Branson. and appreciate all of you. Without you guys, we aren't here. So thank you for that. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the AFC NFC Championship game. I know you'll be rooting for the Ravens and the Lions. So that'll be fun. And we will talk to you guys early next week. Take care, everybody.